challenges. And I'm hoping you're having a great, great day. I want to just quickly uh, run off some thank yous. I want to say thank you to Dylan, Dury, Matt, Paul, uh, Richard, Sandy, Scott, uh, Stephen, Trent, Trey, and Tyler. I want to thank you all so, so much uh, for supporting me on Patreon. I need this, Again, I always tell myself I need to do this more. And I never do it. Look, it's another week. It's another pre-match preview. Uh, some of you are saying, you don't do these very... I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, look, this is a New Mexico team that when you look in the standings, you say this is a very winnable game. And in all reality, this is a very winnable game. New Mexico is a team that has high-end talent. I like the talent they have on this team. Um, when you look at guys like Zico Bailey, Yearwood, Suggs, uh, you have a guy like Schwartz, Portillo, Santi Moar, uh, Will Seymour. Um, you have other guys along the way like Greg Hurst. You have um, and you have uh, Chris Weehan. These are all guys that if you've been around the USL for a long time, you are like, I know that name, I know that name, I know that name, I know that name. Like Will Seymour was with FC Cincinnati the year that they did everything well. They were just incredible. Um, you have Zico Bailey, who was a star for San Antonio uh, and got a little bit of playing time in MLS with FC Cincinnati as well. Um, I already mentioned Seymour, yeah. And then, you know, you go up to Portillo. Portillo's a guy that feels like he's been around forever. He's a guy that has kind of circulated around. He went through Real Salt Lake. He was there for a while. He was with the Charleston Battery and made his way back to to New Mexico. Um, another really incredible uh, midfielder, holding midfielder. Santi Moar, it's a guy that is a certified superstar in this league. He's a winger that spent a while with Phoenix, uh, New Mexico. Then he went to Phoenix Rising, decided to go to the other side of the rivalry, and then came back to New Mexico. He's another incredible player. And then you get to guys like Greg Erst, which Greg Erst went from uh, went from Chattanooga Red Wolves to Union Omaha, where he went absolutely bananas. He had 14 goals in like 30 games or something like that, and it was ridiculous how good he was there. He was good with Chattanooga as well, but he wasn't he wasn't this. And since coming to New Mexico, he's been all right. With he was with Phoenix, he was okay, but never really much around him. All that saying is that there is star power on this team. You have Chris Weehan, uh, a guy who's been around forever. He's like a he's kind of like your center forward, attacking midfielder kind of guy. He's he kind of plays as a as a central attacking midfielder, and he was with he was with Reno. If you don't know who they are, they folded a long time ago. He spent a year in MLS and then went to New Mexico, then went to Orange County, and then came back to New Mexico and has just been a superstar. So this is a whole lot of this, and I'm talking about all this star power, and you're like, well, what does that mean? And really, I, I don't know what else to say besides this is a team that just underperforms. This is a team that pulls a lot of fans. I think Sacramento might have taken the lead for the most amount of fans because they had like 25,000 at a game not too long ago. But 
this is a team that pulls fans. They have a massive following, almost 10,000 people per game. And you would think with them playing there and in altitude, and frankly at a baseball stadium, that they would be really, really good. But they're just not that great at home. Even so, they can still rattle off some victories here and there, but it just never feels like they can do everything all together all at once. The matches where they score goals, they're conceding goals like crazy. For example, look at this Las Vegas match um, where they drew 3-3. It's not ideal, obviously. Other matches where they held Charleston to just one goal, but they didn't score a single goal. They only put two on target. And a lot of times, what I've noticed is whenever they look the best is when they are passing the ball more. This is not always true because against Oakland Roots, they pass the ball a ton, but this is also part of Oakland's plan where they let you have the ball and you do a bunch of nothing. Um, not and But yeah, like anytime that they are able to get passes off, that's when they play well. Whenever they go more direct and it's less pretty football, it doesn't look, they just don't play as well. Which is why I think if you're Birmingham Legion, you have to hold the ball. You need to possess the ball amongst yourself. And if you don't have the ball, you press. And I understand that this team is best when counterattacking. I totally get that. But this is a New Mexico team that when you give them time to operate on the ball and, and string passes together, they're dangerous. But when they don't have time, they don't create really anything at all. And I think that's kind of what this comes down to. This is a team that's put together talent. I mean, all last year, we looked at this team and said they have all talent in the world. If you do remember, this is where Nico Brett was playing. And they just could not do it. And then this year, they they lost some talent, but they brought some in, and they have it together a little bit. And you're like, oh, I like this talent a lot. They should be at least a maintain or improve, and they have fallen off a cliff. Um, a lot of that I do think comes down to their goalkeeping. You have uh, Alice Timbakis, uh, which if you're a Atlanta United fan, you remember him for one game, legend. He's been extremely underwhelming, which is why I am very confused on why they don't play. Now, former Legion player Ford Parker. Um, Ford Parker has played three matches this year, and... I thought he was fine. I I know he conceded three goals against Las Vegas, but I also thought he was fine in that game. His defense didn't help him out. And if you remember, when he was with Birmingham, he played two matches, um, and I think got save of the week in both of them. He had a ridiculous, like ridiculous spell where he was really, really good. And I I just don't understand why why New Mexico isn't playing him, especially with him being from Albuquerque. He is a hometown guy. But, you know, maybe there's some I don't know. If you're wondering, okay, I hear what you're saying. How do they play? New Mexico kind of floats between this 3-4-3 kind of thing with Yearwood, uh, Raiden, or Raiden, uh, at the number 22 in the middle, and Hamilton out wide. And then they have their wing backs or, like, uh, I guess more midfielders. They really play with uh, Schwartz and Zico Bailey on that right side. Um, Zico Bailey is... You're attacking right back at choice. He is really good at that. But they also kind of float to this 4-1-4-1 where they'll have Suggs, they'll have Raiden, they'll have Kelowna, and they'll have Zico Bailey uh, dropping back fully as a right back. 
Um, Schwartz will go over to that right-hand side occasionally. That's only if Moreno is over on that left-hand side. They love to have Portillo uh, drop back really deep. So it still plays like a 3-4-3 with how Portillo, or yeah, 3-4-3 with how Portillo drops back and allows the wing backs like Seiko Bailey and all of them to bomb forward. It still plays like that, but it's just a small thing, a small change. So if you if you see Portillo on the pitch, um, and Portillo is the 43, you're willing to bet that they are really playing with this 4-1-4-1 kind of system. Not always, but I, I think it's a safe bet. Now, they are still willing to drop them, but if they add in that uh, Will Seymour or Yearwood into the center back pairing too, then maybe he doesn't have to go up. He's more of a recycling midfielder. And I understand that's not an actual term like recycling midfielder, but that's kind of how I like to think of him. There are these guys, I know that's the technical term for a holding midfielder, but it's the guy that gets the ball, recycles the back, so are, you know, your center backs don't really have to do as much. And really, and that's kind of where Legion are too, is like we don't really have that recycling midfielder that sort of was Mikey Lopez, and that sort of is Mikey Lopez. Um, but he's been getting more than the attack. They've been allowing him to go more forward lately. Um Really, our recycling players are still our center backs, and that's okay, but our center backs are in the action a lot. But if you're also thinking, okay, what do they do? They, they're not really a big, like, we possess the ball or we don't possess the ball. Yes, they like to string together their passes, but it doesn't mean as much as you think. If Also, you probably just heard the bell ring. <laughs> yes, I am doing this in the planning period. Don't judge me. And now I am doing this in the middle of my lunch period. Don't judge me. <laughs> but if we're going to look at New Mexico and more or less just kind of how they play, the stuff that I really, really want to pay attention to is just sort of like, let's think about their passes, right? They really like to emphasize this like right wing when playing it out from the back. And then they'll get to Portillo. And Portillo is really the base of their midfield. He is their recycling midfielder. He is the guy that connects everywhere. Everybody is in contact with Portillo. Like, he'll go out to Suggs, he'll go out to Moreno, he'll go out to uh, Bailey, he'll go out to Seymour um, and uh, Colonna. Like, these are, he's really the guy who gets everything from the back line in the midfield connected and lets other playmakers do their thing. Portillo is, I think, their, their most important player. You know, if you want to look up, at up top right or if sorry not up top if you want to look from the back and look at their goalkeeping right Thomas uh in their last game he is like he really likes they seem to play it short not necessarily short but like uh you know they'll play it out uh short and then they'll roll it out um it's not it's not too crazy it's everything that you kind of expect I suppose but if you're wanting to say, okay, now where are where are these attacks going to come from? Their best scoring opportunities typically happen down this left-hand side. At least that's the way it feels recently. Is everything's going to go down this left-hand side whenever you're looking. Now, sometimes they'll really emphasize Zico Bailey, but it, it feels like their best opportunities go down this side. They have Moreno out on this left-hand side, and they have... Uh, they have Suggs over on the left-hand side. That said, Zico Bailey and the guys who are over on that right-hand side, your Swartz and your uh, 
yeah, like Swartz and Bailey and all those kind of guys, like they're still really good. Santi Moar as well, right wing. If if Santi Moar is over there, you can bet that they're going to really emphasize that on that right hand side. But some of their best opportunities come from that left hand side, and I think that's something that's really paying attention here. The wings are where New Mexico like to exploit, and I know that feels like everybody ever, but. Some teams can really play it through the middle, and that's fine. But this feels like a team that, honestly, the system they kind of play with that 3-4-3 feels almost like how I would set Legion up if I were to make like a, a perfect system for the kind of talent we have. I would set up the same way. Like, hey, let a guy sit in the middle. You set your Matthew Corcoran to play in the middle, and you spray it out wide. Let him make the play out wide. And from there, let your wingers either pass the ball, cross the ball, or cut in and take a shot, and let them make the decision. That's kind of Portillo for them. He is their essentially their decision maker, at least on what side they're going to attack. And obviously, they can cross the field, like they can do a switch and all that kind of stuff. But that's sort of what I'm looking at. As for how does Legion, how does Legion stack up? Here, I mean, if they go with this 3 4 3, this 4 1 4 1, Legion have gotten a little bit better at handling these three man back lines. Um, more recently, they have looked very strong doing the three man back line, and it's been it's not the same problem that it was. I I think that guys like Santi Moar, Greg Hurst, um, another players like so um are going to be they're going to be a problem i mean just frankly they're going to be a problem and we have seen that this team gives up stupid chances if we're being honest and i think that's where you're really going to have to be paying attention and i hate to just kind of harp on old issues but it's the truth this is also a deep like a back line that they they withstand, but if you get shots on target, they're going to concede. I really don't trust Tambakis and Net. Um, you know Thomas that they played in their last match looked pretty good. I mean Ford Parker is a guy that we've seen in person. I think he's really good. I think he had an unfortunate game uh, before because I felt like his defense left him out to dry. In general, I like Legion's chances. I think that they have to win. I, there's no other way around it. I've said this before. They have to win. Unless they go on this insane run, the home playoff dream is dead. It just is. Unless they go on this insane run and people start losing, the home playoff dream is, is gone. So, but there's still more to play for. There's a lot to play for. And that is still making the playoffs. And we can talk about what that is, what all that means, and I would like to hear what you guys think. Because technically, Legion have never won a playoff game. They've won a play-in game, and they moved on because of COVID. They've never won a playoff game. So if we could make the playoffs and win a playoff game, that does feel like it changes things for this year, doesn't it? It's kind of an interesting way to think about things, but in order to get there, you need to put yourself in a good position to win. You just do. But, yeah, that's all I have for this episode. I appreciate you all so, so much. Thank you all so much for listening. 
Till next time, guys. Keep hammering on.